Section 20 of Favorite Fairy Tales Retold. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Favorite Fairy Tales Retold by Julia Darrow Cowles. Eric No Luck, a Russian Folk Tale. Once upon a time, there was a hunter named Eric who went day after day into the woods in search of game, but no game did he bag. And this happened so often that at last he came by his friends to be called Eric No-Luck. One day, when, as usual, he was roaming the woods, he sat down to rest at the mouth of a cave where the air was cool. And as he thus sat, thinking of his ill-luck and his poverty, he heard a tiny voice which seemed to come from far, far back in the cave. "'Help me! Help me!' cried the voice, but it was such a tiny voice that it sounded like the chirp of a bird. Eric's curiosity was aroused, and as he was a bold man and fond of adventure, he entered the cave and looked about. It was dark in the cave. The air was heavy, and the bottom was covered with stones and slime. "'Be careful!' cried the tiny voice again as Eric advanced. "'Mind where you step!' or you may go a thousand feet down to the bottom of this cavern. "'Who are you?' called Eric. "'And where are you?' "'I am here in this jar,' called the tiny voice. "'I was shut in the jar seventy years ago by a wicked magician, and no one has come to the cave since. Oh, do let me out. I will repay you well if you will.' So Eric Nolak picked his way carefully over the stones till he was far, far back in the cave. Then he saw a soft glow of light, and upon reaching it found that the glow came from a metal jar, and the cover of the jar was securely fastened by a heavy seal. Again the voice cried, "'I am here, here in the jar. Just break the seal, and out I come. Then I will repay you.' "'But how am I to know that you will repay me?' asked Eric. "'Try me, try me,' said the tiny voice. "'I believe I will,' answered Eric, and with that he broke the seal, lifted the cover of the jar, and looked in but not a thing did he see. "'Where are you?' cried Eric. "'Are you fooling me?' "'No,' said the voice, close beside Eric's ear. "'I'm right here, but no man can see me, for to mortals I am invisible. But for three days you may ask of me whatever you will, and you shall have your wish. When you need me, call Mirza, and say these words, Go where thou wilt, and bring what thou wilt.' So Eric made his way out of the cave, and once more took up the bow and arrows he had left at the entrance. "'I wish I might find a deer in the forest,' he said. And then he thought, "'Why not try my little friend at the trick?' So he called, "'Mirza, go where thou wilt, and bring what thou wilt.' Hardly had he finished when he heard a crackling of branches, and a fine young deer stood under the trees before him. Swiftly he sped an arrow, and the deer dropped." "'Aha!' cried Eric Nolak. "'Wait till I show this to my friends.' He started to carry the deer home, but he had not gone far when he met a gypsy leading a fine horse, and the gypsy offered the horse for sale. "'I wish I had the money to buy it,' said Eric Nolak. "'Then I could carry the deer home in fine style.' Then again he thought of his invisible friend. "'Murza,' he cried, "'go where thou wilt, and bring what thou wilt.' In a moment he felt something hard in his pocket, and thrusting in his hand he drew out a fistful of gold pieces. 
With these he paid for the horse, and throwing the deer across its back, he mounted and rode toward home like a nobleman. But before he had cleared the wood, he heard horses behind him, and turning, he faced a whole band of robbers who had learned from the gypsy of the gold he was carrying. Mirza, he quickly called, "'Go where thou wilt, and bring what thou wilt.' He had hardly finished speaking, when there was a noise of galloping and shouting, as though a large party of mounted men were coming that way, and when they heard it, the robbers turned their horses, and dashed off as fast as they could go. "'Thanks, good Mirza,' said Eric Nolak. "'Thou art truly keeping thy promise.' As Eric rode on, he was presently joined by a youth, who rode as fine a horse as his own, and who was dressed like a knight. He had a mantle thrown over his shoulders, and a plume in his hat, and a sword hung by his side. "'You have a fine horse,' said the youth. "'If t'were not for your deer, I would think you were on your way to join the Tsar's regiment.' "'And what is the regiment to do?' asked Eric Nolak. "'Have you not heard?' asked the youth. "'A large band of robbers is in the woods, and they threaten to attack the palace itself. They are dangerous men, and well armed, and they must be driven from the country.' "'And does the Tsar need a regiment to disperse these robbers?' asked Eric Nolak, thinking of his own recent encounter. "'Indeed you would think so if you had heard of the deeds they have done,' replied the youth, as he galloped away. Eric rode on home with his deer, and when he reached there he cried, "'Here, friends, share the deer amongst you. I am going in search of better game.' "'How is this, Eric Nolak?' asked the men. But Eric had galloped away while the men stood and gaped in astonishment." Now Eric had heard wonderful stories of the grace and beauty of the princess at the castle, the Tsar's daughter, and in his mind he had formed a plan which he counted upon Mirza to help him carry out. "'I must be better dressed,' he said to himself, "'before I can present myself to the Tsar.' So he called, "'Mirza, go where thou wilt, and bring what you wilt.' And in a twinkling he was clothed in gold-embroidered garments with plumes in his hat and a jewelled sword by his side." Then he rode gaily on, and soon he came in sight of the Tsar's castle. There were horsemen about, who had come to join the Tsar's regiment, but none was dressed as magnificently as Eric Nolak. He made his way boldly to the castle, and asked an audience with the Tsar, and when he was admitted he said, O Tsar, I have come to rid you of the bold robbers who have threatened your castle. Send these men away, I have no need of them. The Tsar was astonished. How can you do this? he asked. "'I have an invisible friend who will help me,' answered Eric, "'and if I succeed I want to marry your daughter.' At this the princess began to shed tears, but Eric quickly said, "'Mirza, go where thou wilt, and bring what thou wilt.' And after that the princess's teardrops turned to tiny golden rosebuds, to diamonds and to opals as they fell. Then the princess stopped weeping for very wonder, and began to look favorably upon Eric Nolak. And the Tsar said, "'Very well.' "'Try your luck with the robbers. "'If you succeed, you may marry my daughter, "'but if you fail, off goes your head.' "'The Tsar frowned fearfully as he said this, "'and Eric trembled a little, for the odds were very great, "'but he said softly, "'Mirza, go where thou wilt, and bring what thou wilt.' "'Immediately the castle was surrounded "'with the most brilliant troop of soldiers ever seen in the land, "'and at a signal from Eric they dashed away into the woods, "'and the robbers scattered before them like dust before the wind,' and were seen no more in the land. There was a magnificent wedding at the palace when Eric was married to the princess, and all his friends cried, He shall no longer be Eric no luck, but Eric the Lucky shall be his name. End of section 20 
End of Favorite Fairy Tales Retold by Julia Darrow Cowles